0: Welcome to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. I'm Josh Elledge, founder and CEO of upmyinfluence.com. We believe that every person has a unique message which can positively impact the world. Now, on this podcast, your host, veteran radio personality Jennifer Longworth, encourages entrepreneurs to share not only their expertise, but their stories and their hearts. You're gonna love this show. You're gonna hear real stories from real people on The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. So
1: let's go. So if you're on Twitter as a small business, whether an entrepreneur, solopreneur, or really a small business, take the time to engage with people with video. When they can relate a face to a brand, it, it's going to be something more. So at the end of the day, when they're trying to decide, do I use the digital marketing consultant that throws out tons of text and spam and articles and I never really get a good feeling from them? Or do I, do I go with the guy that I already feel like I've got a face-to-face relationship with? That I understand his personality as well as his knowledge. Which are you gonna pick? And I mean, it's it's a, a really rhetorical question because everybody's gonna
2: pick the relationship. This is Jennifer Longworth. Today's Thoughtful Entrepreneur is Dan Willis, Millennial Motivator. With a passion for the value community brings to a brand, Dan consults companies on how to best use digital content and advertising to build an authentic and genuine personality that a community can relate to. Having helped craft campaigns for H&M, Toyota, Fox TV, and many more, Dan has unique and in-depth experience to back the strategy he implements. One of DataBird Research Journal's top 100 keynote speakers to watch in 2019, Dan is excited about bringing the message of relational marketing to stages, conferences, and events internationally and helping businesses to take back their personalities. Welcome to the show, Dan. Hi there. How are you doing? Good. Happy to have you here. Now, you and I met recently in a Twitter chat one afternoon on Twitter. Can you briefly explain to our audience what a Twitter chat is?
1: Yeah, uh, Twitter chats have got to be one of my favorite kind of evolutions out of social media, where on Twitter, you can be tracking independent conversations using hashtags. So, you know, you like dogs, you hashtag dogs, you see everybody talking about it. But somewhere along the way, business people realize that they could hop into industry specific conversations with each other on a set period of time. So every, let's say Monday at 11am, there's a digital marketing chat. And everybody that follows that hashtag can actually be part of a conversation that's like a Q&A session. And it brings people from all over the world, a lot of people with great expertise, and it gives you the ability to engage, learn a lot if you're trying to learn something. But if you're somebody who has, let's say, authority in an industry, it gives you a great opportunity to speak into them. So uh, there's pretty much a Twitter chat for everything out there. You just have to do some due diligence and look out there and find them.
2: Thanks, Dan. Now, you are with the Millennial Marketplace. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing there.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I I mainly engage in consulting firms with their digital marketing, helping them to understand the shift that's happened from, We'll say the traditional marketplace where you're marketing to boomers with spew marketing. So push marketing, you just get get their eyes on it, let them see it as many times as possible. Instead, getting them to adjust and realize that uh, the marketplace has had a massive shift and it's more about how you're building relationships, community and authority inside of that. So as the millennial motivator, I focus on reaching into businesses and consulting and teaching them Listen, this is how you actively engage a community, and this is how you're going to see the best results by building relationships through that, as opposed to how big is your ad spend, do you have the right graphics, is the right... Instead, it's about what conversations are you having? What value are you bringing to your clients? How are you building relationships that people feel appreciated? That's more what my focus is.
2: Nice. So what's your background? How did you get to be where you are today? I
1: started as a business systems analyst. It was really boring. It it was great knowledge, but learning how a business runs the ins and outs, why different systems break down the way they do, that was all fantastic. But it ultimately resulted in just staring at numbers or firing people. And neither of those is an overly fun task in your early 20s. So instead, I moved over to to digital marketing, traditional digital marketing, not more relational, but learning about Google ads. uh, Facebook was there. Instagram didn't exist yet. Twitter was there. MySpace was still kind of a thing when I got started. So it was that long ago. But the reality is, I just started to plug in and see that business systems could be applied directly to how you use these digital marketing platforms. And I started to show businesses how they could use it more effectively. And then over time, just one referral to the next, to the next, to the next. I got to work with great companies like Fox and H&M, and it was a blast. But now we're at that point where I see a major shift in the entire marketing industry again, and I'm going to try to get ahead of that curve on it.
2: And that's towards the relational marketing
1: it's absolutely relational marketing. I More and more I'm seeing it. Influencer marketing, a lot of people, that's a buzz term that a lot of people are talking about this year, but influencer marketing is just a portion of relational marketing. When a brand uses an influencer, they're seizing that opportunity of somebody's community and having them engage their community on a brand's behalf. So it's only a portion. Brands can use that that way, but brands can also go out and create a brand identity for themselves, give their brand its own voice, and speak directly to their consumers, their clients, their community, and have relationships where you don't need to pay some celebrity $10 million to do it. What? You don't have to drop that. <laughs> yeah, I know it's crazy, right? You can actually reach out through this internet thing and talk to somebody one on one, you can be social on social media. It's crazy.
2: I know, right? <laughs> being social on social media. it. And then there's the people who give Twitter such a hard time. Oh, I don't want to use Twitter. There's too much negativity on there. Oh, people are using Twitter and it, it's so depressing. I can't take it and everything. And I, I think they're really missing out on building the relationships. And I've gained paid clients from being in Twitter chats and developed you know, deeper relationships through just being on Twitter.
1: And it blows my mind because when you scrap Twitter, there's not another platform I can think of that has that immediate, real-time interaction and conversation. I, I just don't see it. It's not happening. Uh, Instagram, it's very it's very blocked out as to what they want to allow you to do. You can't even put links into your in into your posts. There's no real conversation happening between profiles there. IGTV, it's just a constant flood of people spamming into your your video feed. It, it's not relational. And so I really, really love when you have that opportunity, put out a post, put your content out, put your thoughts and ideas out on Twitter and see how quickly people will respond and how quickly you can create a conversation around it. It, It's so ideal. That platform is built for one-to-one interaction, real time. And the beauty is it was built for the phone. It's not adapting to mobile. It was built on mobile. It was built for mobile.
2: Well, Dan, one thing that I've seen you do on Twitter that's a little different is using video responses instead of just tweeting someone back. You'll get out your phone and record a little thing. Hey, Jennifer, thanks for following me or something like that. It makes it very, very personal and helps you to stand out a bit. But what inspired you to start doing the videos? So I
1: saw a couple of people do it. Carlos Gill was one. Brian Fanzo was one. And then I saw Gary B do it. And i went okay well with these three influencers they don't they don't do it consistently not consistently enough anyway but they do it and try to see what the response is i gave it a shot and almost immediately i saw people going oh wow you stood out in that feed there may have been 30 40 people talking at once in the twitter chat but because you used a video reply i had to see what you were talking about and that's really just balloon now I, I i use youtube i'm a twitch partner i'm a youtube partner i use linkedin video But the ability to respond, like you said, one-to-one with a video reply, again, that's almost exclusive to Twitter as a platform. And it's so easy to do now that they have paired with Periscope. You can do it from your desktop using OBS and a webcam, or you can do it directly off of your phone, live anywhere you are. So I know right now I do it out of my office mostly, but if you're going to conferences and events and you wanna talk to your community right from there, show them what's going on, let them feel what's happening, Such a powerful tool, it's really underutilized.
2: Now, my pinned tweet on Twitter at the top of my profile is a video. It was professionally shot in an event. But when people are trying to decide whether they want to follow me or find out what I'm all about or whatever, they go to the profile and they see the video and they click on it and they watch it. And then I've gotten reactions of, hey, yeah, you know what? You're a personal person. I'd actually like to work with you or I'm going to refer you to a friend because I think you guys would really click or whatever. And you're gaining more information about me than just words, it's it's more personality, and so same thing with your video replies and such. It it captures more of who you are instead of just texting what you're saying.
1: The other thing that that is really unique about using the video reply is it's original content every time, so people can tell when you are copy and pasting text or images, or you you're one of those people that uses the same tailored photoshopped image over and over and over again. Whereas a video reply that is directly to a question, comment or conversation, people can appreciate, wow, he took the time to either reply directly back to me or to speak specifically to that point in this Twitter chat in a very different way. I've got people that see me in a couple of different Twitter chats a week or they've they've been clients in the past and they watch the video and go, oh yeah, I know Dan talks about that stuff, but that's the first time that I've heard him say it like that. And so it's always original content. And it's amazing to see how much a community can appreciate that. They know that if I'm there and having a conversation with them, even digitally, I want it to feel face to face video. And I want them to feel like it's original. I don't, I would not want to cut and paste conversation with somebody in the real world. I'd rather have it be an original conversation. You know what I mean? Twitter just does a beautiful job of allowing that.
2: And you keep them short too. You're not doing these long form video replies. It's you know, hey, thanks for following me or hey, here's the answer to the question and pretty simple, quick, get your phone out, record the response and keep going. Yeah.
1: Yeah. One of the things that people gripe about with Twitter is, well, I'm I'm so restricted with the text that I can use. Well, yes, that's true. I agree. But video, you can put up a video as long as you need. But oftentimes, all you have to really say in a conversation is about a 30 second sound bite. So if you're willing to just throw up 30 seconds and you don't have to be beautiful, I'm not talking. I've got expert lighting in my office with a beautiful green screen that's got landscape on it It doesn't have to be that it the fact that it's not so polished gives it that authenticity and it gives it a real genuine nature that i find people appreciate and not just people the algorithm on twitter appreciates as well
2: ah so more people are going to see it so dan do you see more engagement with your videos than other forms of content that you post
1: Absolutely. Hands down, bar none, the videos, not only as they're being created, because a lot of people think Twitter, once the feed's gone, it's gone forever. It'll be days or weeks later, even. I've had stuff come back from Twitter chats I did two, three weeks ago that's getting commented on or liked or shared. And that video content just keeps flowing and pumping. So it's a really valuable asset to have. And then inside Twitter analytics, they're doing a really great job building out their video analytics. There's a separate tab for it now, lets you see your retention, lets you see how long people are watching what you're putting out, how they're engaging with it. It, Twitter's getting really serious about video. I'm pretty stoked for it.
2: So how could a small business use video in Twitter to help build their brand?
1: So there are two big things I recommend for small businesses on this. The, the first one is this allows you to speak into massive conversations that big competitors are having and you can stand out in a major way. So all of us have promoted posts. They show up in Twitter. It's usually very tailored to your industry. So mine are very frequently events, digital marketing, but I reply into those posts using video replies and I stand out in a massive way. Oftentimes, I will get as many, if not more replies on my video reply than the original comment that's being promoted, which is, is a massive opportunity for a small business. Let's say you're a small mom and pop shop. Maybe you own a restaurant locally and you're trying to build some exposure around it. Hop into the McDonald's promoted feed and, and drop a video of you actually making your food. People would light up over that. That's not how a burger's made. This is how you make a burger. Bam, video. People would love that, right? The other one is, again, about building those relationships. So if you're on Twitter as a small business, whether an entrepreneur, or solopreneur, or really a small business, take the time to engage with people with video. When they can relate a face to a brand, it, it's going to be something more. So at the end of the day, when they're trying to decide, do I use the digital marketing consultant that throws out tons of text and spam and articles, and I never really get a good feeling from them? Or do I, do I go with the guy that I already feel like I've got a face-to-face relationship with? that I understand his personality as well as his knowledge. Which are you going to pick? And I mean, it's, it's a, a really rhetorical question because everybody's going to pick the relationship. It's your go-to feeling of they're willing to put it out there, they're willing to be transparent, go nuts with it. Small business can go behind the scenes. They can show what's happening day to day, the hustle, the grind, what it means to be that independent small business owner. There's so many opportunities to use that video effectively.
2: So some folks who are listening are probably still like, ah, Twitter, I don't get it. You just can't get me over there. That's it. I'm not going to Twitter. I don't care what you're saying about effectiveness, (laughs) you know, whatever. But some of these principles can probably cross platforms. I do Facebook Live sometimes. I watch people on Facebook Live sometimes. Are the things that you've mentioned about using Twitter video transferable to other platforms such as Facebook Live?
1: Facebook is really confused right now as far as their video direction. So they've got Facebook watch, they've got Facebook live, they've got Instagram TV, and they're not really sure how those are gonna work together or what they are. So I still post video content there, I will reply via video, but it isn't as seamless as Twitter allows. The reach is also abysmal. Facebook has really created a pay to play model. And unless you're willing to promote those ads, boost those posts and pay for your organic, or I wouldn't not organic, pay for your reach, it's just not going to happen. So I, I really love using similar video content. So not my live replies, but the curated 30 second clips that I do that are more polished production. Uh, I put that out onto all three platforms and on Twitter, my organic reach has got to be 10 times what it is on Facebook. And I mean, it, it, it's a no, no question in my mind That if you only had one social network that you could use video on, small video, not high production quality video, Twitter would be the place that you want to be on right now. Uh, Facebook's too confused with their video. YouTube is really ideal for longer production quality content. Twitch is for the the gamers and the the creators. Twitter is, if you are a small business, large business, if you are in traditional business that is not video game or art, you really got to be on Twitter with your video.
2: You are the millennial motivator. Now, you yourself are a millennial. Is that also your target audience?
1: It started as the target audience because millennial business owners were so receptive to the concept. And of course, they would be because that's very cultural. It, it, It is that millennial mindset of show me that you genuinely care as a brand about who I am and what I'm passionate about, and you've got a customer for life. That's how that works. But what I quickly found was businesses that aren't very millennial focused and want to be, they want to engage that millennial market better, or they just completely misunderstand millennials as a whole. They're the ones that more often than not now are tagging me and saying, we need you to come talk to us. We need you to break this down because we just don't understand. We are killing it. 45 and up. We've got all kinds of engagement. But as soon as that is done, there's nothing before 45 that's even interested in us, not even looking. And so that's where a lot of my time is spent because I can sit down with a millennial business owner and in an hour, they understand where I'm going, the direction I'm going in, and they trust the process. Whereas an older company that has a more traditional executive board with a bunch of guys in their 50s and 60s, ladies in their 50s and 60s, it's a bit of a foreign concept. And there's a lot of trepidation about it. So there's a lot of fear about, well, what if we do something that, and then there's also, well, what if we engage with somebody and and we don't get the response that we want and so there's a lot of these if ands, and buts that have to be navigated with the older generation. And even Gen Z now, there's a lot of companies that are trying to engage past millennials and go right to Gen Z, and it's not working for them either. Gen Z more than the millennials is looking for somebody to be real and transparent instead of polished production Hollywood trailers.
2: So Dan, what advice do you have for the thought entrepreneur who is listening?
1: My biggest advice is Don't be afraid to engage a community, okay? Conversations shouldn't be something you're afraid of. If you paid big bucks and you went to an event, you wouldn't hide in the corner of an event floor. You'd get out there, you'd trade business cards, you'd have conversations, you'd go have drinks with people, you'd have a coffee, you'd have a beer, you'd you'd meet people. Social is that opportunity every time you tune in and turn on. How you go about those engagements is up to you, but the more legitimate, transparent, and authentic you make those conversations, the better you're going to be. You want to be a thoughtful entrepreneur? Show people that you're thoughtful. Take that time, get face-to-face, build relationships, and don't be afraid of video. It could really be your best friend.
2: And like you said before, you don't have to be all fancy with expensive equipment. Just get out your phone and do it and engage. So, Dan, if people want to contact you and connect with you and learn more, what's the best way for them to find you? Obviously, uh, you're on Twitter. So I I really like
1: if you connect with me on Twitter, you can find me on LinkedIn as well. So Dan Willis, Millennial Motivator, I'll pop up on there. Same thing with YouTube. If you want to see longer content that I put out, I do have a a partnered YouTube channel that you can check out as well.
2: And what's your Twitter handle, Dan? M L L N N L Motivator. Gotcha. This M-L-L-N-N-L Motivator. So folks can just type in Dan Willis and it'll pop up. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Dan. We look forward to catching you on Twitter. Oh, it was a blast.
1: It was so great being here. And uh, shout out to all you thoughtful entrepreneurs. I'm looking to engaging with you on Twitter.
0: Thanks for listening to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. If you are a thoughtful entrepreneur who would like to be a media celebrity and be on our show, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest and attend my next live webinar where I'll reveal how to get more respect from influencers and media so that you can get more sales and traffic. Now, please do us a favor. If you like the guest that was just interviewed, would you share this episode on social media and in your podcast player right now? Please give us a thumbs up or a rate and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill our mission to help create more media celebrities. Make sure to hit subscribe, binge listen to our previous episodes, and we'll send you the next episode automatically. Thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Revolution.